You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. Welcome to Tabletop Arcanum. We're your hosts, Justin and Ricky, and today we are joined by Joshua Allen Deach. Wow, that's your full name. That's my full. That's my. That's like professional. Your, that's full your professional name. true name. That's when like I hate it. We can the... summon things with you now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. If if you pronounce it just so, right. Uh, you two go back far back. Yeah, um, Josh and I have been in mutual circles a couple dozen years now. I think. Y- yeah. So. Whether it be tabletop RPGs, LARPs, uh, just board gaming, or I think that covers it all. I think I think that's most of the circles. Or or you know, oh, it's the the you know, I went to school with your sister. That's right. <laughs> you know, because that's awkward. What? <laughs> oh, she was one of those popular kids. I oh, I was not. Okay. I was like in your social circles in right, high school, right, and yeah, she yeah. was not in the same social. Wait, circle. I wasn't. Po- oh, I, no, I wasn't. Popular. <laughs> you were popular in your own mind. Yes, in your own. My mom says you I was very popular. Yes. So, <laughs> so this is day three. Three, really, what we feel is day three, but it's actually day two of Gen Con Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, day one, we talked about seeing all the stuff and. Today was just more of it. Um, a lot of vendor halls, seeing a lot more new games coming out. Got to demo more things because we saw the seminar about uh, Marvel Champions, the LCG. Actually got to sit down and play it. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I liked it. Um, now, we did talk about having um, the uh, one core box would get you all the play cards that you needed. This is technically true, but there's a little bit of a caveat on it that I was talking to them about. So each hero deck, there's four different like um, aspects. Aspects, yeah. And you take your hero like Spider-Man, and then you put one of the four aspects with him. And technically, you could have the same aspect for all the heroes at the table, but you don't have enough of the card pool to do that. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. If you really want everyone to be like, aggression style heroes you're going to need more than one core but realistically if you have a friend who has it then they're going to have their core set and be okay um but i really liked it uh did you get to see that at all josh i don't i have not yet okay so fancy flight new lcg superhero game okay co-op i'll have to check that out yeah it's pretty cool um and other than that we you had I Arkham to, Horror today? Yeah, I did the Arkham Horror uh, Blob event today, um, which is the blob that ate everything. So <laughs> B sci-fi movie style um, scenario where a cre- uh, meteor falls in a ho-dunk town in Massachusetts and weird stuff shows up and then the government G-men show up and then everybody's quarantined and you and your ragtag team of uh, investigators are there to... Oh crap! The blob is splitting and growing and devouring things. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, they have it at, like the Labyrinth of Lunacy, where um, you can have a lot of people playing. We had like forty-eight players, but you're broken oh. into teams of four, wow. so everyone's kind of playing their own little four-player okay. game. 
but the blob has a global health right that is 15 times per player so it had like six seven hundred health to start with oh. that everybody was chipping away at together mm-hmm. It, it gives you the uh, Stranger Thing feel where you have all the different groups fighting against yeah. the underworld. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Um, the the one thing I did like about it that was separate from Labyrinth of Lunacy where that was, um, not going to really spoil it, but there was three groups of uh, investigators in that one separated. They can't talk to each other. And everybody has to take the same turn simultaneously. So if... We finished our turn first. We have to wait for the other groups to finish their turn before we move on to the next round. The blob scenario doesn't do that. There's a timer, yes, but just keep playing. And then as the event coordinator figures out who's triggering what, they are the one managing like the... They kind of had like an easel whiteboard of like, here's the health, here's uh, how many clue tokens people have found, and here's... um, There's a countermeasures resource, which is kind of a... Hard to uh, come by, but it gave really, really good benefits. Mm-hmm. And it came in clutch a couple times while we played. I liked it. I'm um, excited. I have that tomorrow, so. Yeah. You'll, pretty... you'll, you'll experience the blob tomorrow. Mm. The blob. The blob. So that's the biggest things that I kind of saw. Um, we ran through Foodies from Simon, which was like a nice mm-hmm. engine building game. There is depth to it, but it isn't like a standard uh, CMOD game where, yeah, you're playing for hours. It was a fast, lighter game than that, but not too light. I played through Horrified today. Horrified? How's that? I loved every minute of it. It so, was pretty great. So what's the synopsis on that one? Because so, I, I don't think I've, I've looked into it yet. Uh, you are a villager in a town that's being um, attacked by the old like MGM Grand or MGM universal universal monsters yeah oh yeah i saw an ad somewhere in the so like Mm. wolfman dracula mummy frankenstein yeah Yeah. cool so that was that was a lot of fun um me and tony knocked that out pretty quick okay um yeah quick game but still a lot of fun Mm -hmm. and uh josh since you're on the show for tonight what have you been up to? Because you you like experienced Gen Con completely differently from other people. Well, it's it's changed a bit. So I, yeah, I've been going to Gen Con way back since the the nineties when it was still when it was still in um, I was about to say Montreal. I don't know where my brain's going. Milwaukee. You were in place. Montreal at one point. I but was Gen Con. You know, it's all a big blur <laughs> of games and stuff. Um, as a gamer and a fan, um, uh, uh, but over the years, um, I, I, I've worked uh, uh, writing fiction and video games and tabletop games. So now Gen Con is a mix of of fun, but also uh, a little bit of work. Up work, meeting up with some people, socializing with with folks that could lead to more work. Um, and yeah, this this Gen Con's been a bit of that. Um, I've been hanging out with some of the folks from the Onyx Path. Okay. Um, Hoping to do some more. I did some recent um, World of Darkness uh, Vampire Fifth Edition writing in the Chicago folios. Um, okay, which is an upcoming. Uh, uh, it was a it was a stretch goal on the recent uh, Chicago by Night Fifth Edition. Um, I'm gonna be doing some writing on Scarred Lands, which is uh, Onyx Paths D and D derived setting. Um, okay. That they've updated to. Uh, it was it, it was originally uh, back in the uh, third edition days when when that came out. Yeah, I I faintly remember that. I do too, and I never played it at the time, but I knew of it. And they've updated it since to uh, Pathfinder, Pathfinder One, and Five okay. E. Uh, 
Um, they're, they're, they're still waiting to see about how, how it'll pan out with, with Pathfinder 2, but they're, they're going ahead with more books from 5e, so I'll be, I'll be writing for that. And that's basically been digging the lore of it. It's kind of uh, Greek mythology and heavy metal smashed into the uh, D&D filter. Okay, um, yeah. Oh, I can dig that. It's sure. pretty cool. It does the whole, it doesn't do the actual Greek gods, but, you know, sort of equivalents, mm-hmm. but it has the whole uh, primal, uh, scary titans, uh, the younger gods uh, rebelling over, and overthrowing that, them. Yeah. But unlike in a lot of settings where that would be like something that happened untold thousands of years ago, this happened like just over a hundred years ago. So it's, it's still kind of fresh. It's still fresh. The world is still, it's what's called scarred lands. It's still physically and metaphysically messed up. There's like a whole ocean that like just bleeds because a, uh, uh, a titan was chopped up in it. Oh, um, that, that's brutal. cute. I if you're one that. of the longer-lived yeah. races like an elf or a dwarf, you might actually freaking remember this war mm-hmm. and how terrible it was, and like you never want to go back to that again. But the gods have more or less taken over, and it's the world is relatively new under that regime. Okay, that's awesome. I'll check that out. And it's got it's got it's got some of the classic D and D races, but in forms that are a little bit. Different, uh, different histories and things. Some, okay, uh, but uh, and then some, some, some other uh, uh, races that are unique to the setting. That's awesome. So, yeah, we did uh, Pathfinder last night. Okay, and, cool. And tried out the second edition rules. And how was that? They're they're nice. Um, I have not. I have to like dig through the book to really right. absorb mm-hmm. it. It looked like a meaty book. Uh, yeah, it's just <laughs> a few pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Pathfinder one one was like oh, that too. It was, it, yeah. they, yeah. But a lot of it's because they put like the players to use D and D terms the the player handbook and your GM DM book kind of smashed together. So, okay, right. so Pathfinder kind of puts it all in one universal book and then you get the bestiaries for all your monsters after that. Cool. Um, one of the things I was digging is you get three actions around and pretty much if you take a swing, that's an action. If you activate a power, it may take one or two or possibly three actions depending on what ability it is. You so, can run three times in a row right? You to get clear across so it's kind of like you get three actions what do you want to do um and then everybody has one reaction per round two okay but so they got rid of a lot of that pathfinder like oh there's a bonus action reaction fast action right that they they got away with that and just went okay you have three actions some things will cost you more than one i like that um what i really dig personally is the reactions are unique to classes in a way. Okay. Martial characters are the ones that get the uh, attack of opportunity ideas. Mm-hmm. You move out of my space, I get to take a, f- a swing at you. Mm-hmm. Spellcasters get counterspell. They don't get attack of opportunity. So like mm-hmm. a wizard, you run away from a wizard, they're not going to like hit you with a staff. Right. Where a fighter would. <laughs> so I, I kind of dig that they kind of kept the reactions very similar in, uh, okay. in, in scope. One of the other things that um, was interesting was, and I didn't know about this going into it, is the crit success and the crit fail. So you get, um, let's say the AC is 15. You hit on a 15, but if you get, with your roll and modifiers, 10 over that, so 25 in this example, Mm -hmm. now you've critted. Okay. And you'll do double damage. Hmm. But on the flip side, if you did five or less... You now have a crit fail. Okay. So nat one, nat twenty don't necessarily 
mm. or an auto hit or auto fail. Mm-hmm. They do bump you up or down a tier if it is a nat 1 or nat 20 so that there's that still 5% chance of like, yes, it's a hit. Even if you add it up, you're not 10 over with a nat 20. Mm-hmm. It will make it a crit. So okay. typically, yes, it will be a crit, but it's not a guaranteed thing anymore. So mm-hmm. it's neat. I, I think it, it takes a little bit more crunch, a little bit more math. But Pathfinder's always been in that realm. Mm-hmm. Compared, yeah. Compared yeah. to like D&D where they like stripped down the number system and went, mm-hmm. uh, add this and this and you're done. Right. So I like it. I'm definitely picking up some books and, and digging into them a little bit more. Yeah. So Has there anything been announced or anything that you've seen here that you've been like super jazzed about? Um, I mean, most of the announcements I've seen have been uh, uh, Onyx Path related, but yeah. uh, fair enough. But um, um, so, so, what's, what's so, so recently, Scion came out, second edition of Scion. Yeah, mm-hmm. it hit, Children it hit. of Gods in in, in a in a uh, uh, modern world. Um, and I've looked at the books for that, and that's interesting. We've announced um, some new books coming out for that. One mm-hmm. is Masks of the Mythos, yes. where you they're going to add a uh, a mythos, a Cthulhu mythos pantheon. Um, not as a hard part of the uh, meta plot, but like a you know a little you side addition. You want to add it? You can do this, right? You want to add it or play just that? You know, uh, I'm uh, I, I'm excited <laughs> about that. But you know, you and me go back and mm-hmm. we, yeah, oh, oh yeah, Cthulhu Arkham. And yeah. they have another one. I'm for, I'm blanking on the title, but it's dragons, basically. Right. Um, mm. And that's I believe you're you you might look like a humanoid person, but I believe you can turn into a bus sized dragon or, or something like bus that. Bus sized dragon. And they're not the gods or the children of the gods are their own kind of separate thing. They've been doing right. their own thing. Um, uh, if I remember right from the meta plot, like the gods themselves hunted and slew the dragons. I think so. So the dragons and are then probably not. these are the ones that like got away or right. came back or mm-hmm. or something. Something. I, I don't know all the details. I don't know if you're like descendants of those dragons or if right. you're like a mix human something you know if it's in your blood but um they've survived in some way my great pappy uh, was a dragon right right um, um but yeah i'm trying to think what other yeah a scion uh, for like it came out a long time ago mm-hmm. um, first edition and i don't remember where the timing was but like then the like the percy jackson books and movies kind of came out and that, that was, was bit, yeah, exactly. and there was like this is scion in like a teen format right, right. And so it's very much like whenever I've described Scion, like think Percy Jackson, but now modern and like Mm -hmm. more mature. One thing that's changed uh, um, in the uh, second edition that's big, um, besides the system, the system's completely overhauled. They made a whole new system called the Story Path System that is going forward for a bunch of their games. And it's a very versatile system because it has... um, it has the scale system, which isn't just size, it power, speed, whatever, mm-hmm. that makes the system easy to ha- go from you know human to god, from uh, 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 mm-hmm. a beer can to a building. <laughs> it covers all these things. Because Scion covers a wide power range depending right. on what stage of the game you're playing. Um, but besides the, the the rules, a big change in the Scion setting itself is well, is that it has a setting. And the other one, it was just kind of there's gods, but it's yeah. our world. Mm. And I think they were just banking on the old, you know, kind of World of Darkness classic. Um, uh, not that it took place in the world of darkness, but just the just the idea that you have there, there's magical things, but they're kind of in the shadows. But people, they're in the shadows. People and don't really know. In science, second edition, people do know the religion. These dead religions never mm. died. So you you're, you're in America. You're walking on the street. You you have roughly the same history that got you to this point. But instead of seeing three uh, 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 Christian churches, you might see a Christian church, uh, Church of Odin, uh, Church of Dionysus. Right. Um, 
and it's not like everyone just sees the gods all the time. They, you might never see one, but you maybe know someone who knows someone who knows someone. And at first it seems like, well, would, would, would the world be even recognizable? You know, like would, would right. it just be such a huge twist in history? But, you know, not that much. Like I can think of family members who have told me like this miracle happened to this person that they knew, uh, you know, mm-hmm. based on one particular religion. I mean, this is just kind of mixing it up a little bit higher. And, and yeah, the people kind of, they, they, they know these, or, or they kind of know, some of them might still kind of disbelieve or be like, it's, I don't mm-hmm. know about that. But like, it's like, oh yeah, okay. Odin's real. And, yeah. The uh, troll's dead, but I got to go back to work tomorrow. The mundane world kind of just sucks <laughs> me back in. It's like, I know that stuff, but what are, what's it going to do for me? <laughs> But uh, that's, so that's a big, um, so like, uh, so when you're a sign and you're doing stuff, you're getting famous, you might be on social media, it's, it's uh, what you do kind of echoes in that world and it's not hidden like World of Darkness, which is, uh, nice. which is an interesting change. That kind of gives it that feel, like the, it brings you back, it almost feels like it's reality where mm-hmm. you, you have that, um, that connection to our world as it is right now. Right. Yeah. I, I can really dig that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, um, and I, I'm not even writing on Scion, but <laughs> right. <laughs> this is just, but but just a, a fun one to talk about. Oh, the beauty of Scion is that all your mythology books on your bookshelf become um, source, source books. books because, right. and it's a great game to get people into. I think it would be a really good game to to Twitch to broadcast because. Mm-hmm. You know, someone might be interested in, in, in Twitch in, in seeing a game on Twitch or something like that, but going like, "Oh, I don't know that world. I, you know, I'm, mm. I don't know what's going on." But everyone knows a little bit of mythology, and it's set in the modern world, so the point of entry is pretty easy. Right. But also for players, like, "Oh, I don't know that that pantheon. Oh, but I know a little bit of Norse." Right. Mm. Everybody know. at yeah. some point has gone through schooling and mm. knows at least the baseline right, Greek right. gods. Yeah, someone's going to know some Greek gods at the very um, least in there. In and the with you know. The success of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Some of the like Norse Thor. gods yeah. are kind of being like, "Hey, yeah, Thor, Loki, I'll be a child of Thor, Odin, be a child of Loki." Yeah, yeah you, you get a couple of those out there, mm-hmm. but then you know the comedic Egyptian gods, maybe not maybe. so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, or maybe they've just seen American gods, and they're like, I was going to say American gods are. is more of the like. <laughs> like I think it's what like sold me on Scion way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm-hmm. like I read that and went. And then this RPG came out from White Wolf. It was like, yeah, you play the children of gods. Uh, yeah, they're still around, technically. And uh, yeah, one of them's your dad or mom. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Let's go on a crazy road trip. <laughs> so that's awesome. I'm I'm really glad. Uh, yeah, I'm itching to play some. I'm itch- I'm, I've seen so many games. I've, I've walked. I've, done the, I've done the one through, once through a, of pretty much, I think every aisle in the dealer's room, and I'm just uh, yeah. That's always the problem, isn't it? Like, ooh, that's really cool. And then yeah. you turn it around, ooh, that's really yeah. shiny. You can easily I've, have uh, decision paralysis, just like. Yeah, I, I've made it halfway through the dealer's room so far, and it's, yeah. it's it's one of those you keep walking, and then you just get so enveloped in something yeah. real quick. Mm-hmm. I went by the. Um, I love that the Chaosium table now is right next to or connected with the uh, uh, Lovecraft Historical Society table. Yes. Mm-hmm. They've linked up because uh, Historical Society recently did, um, well, they they have their, uh, I think it's Dark Adventure Radio. They do radio plays of uh, of of Lovecraft stuff and, and some other stuff. I, I, I believe, believe you're right. Yeah. I've listened to The Color From Out of Space from them. It was really good. Um, uh, uh, but they recently did uh, with... Licensed with Chaosium, because it's Chaosium's uh, The Masks of Nyarlathotep as yes. a radio play. But oh, did they, they? But then they also made this big box of props you can buy, because they, oh. au- they make awesome props. Like, you can buy, um, they made, I don't 
know how much it is, but someday I want it. They made a version of Call of Cthulhu. So Call of Cthulhu is a nested story where you're, it's, it, it's written as if you've just opened up a box and there's this guy's ramblings and then right. the things he mm-hmm. found from someone and the things that that person found from someone and it's all in this box. Um, they have a setup where you buy it and it's all those. It's just the box. It, it's just the box. Oh, it's the story. Cool. Yeah, that's yeah. So and cool. as, a, yeah. as a GM, you just it's, drop that in front of your I think it was really go, expensive, but it has all kinds of, of props and things. Like <laughs> so they make awesome stuff like that, but they made a prop box for Masks of Nile at Hotep. Oh. I've never actually played that really famous campaign. Right. Or, I've, I haven't played it. I haven't run it. Now I, I think I, someday I want to run it and I want to run it with the box of props. Yeah, there's... Um a couple a handful of episodes back, we talked to Clovis from Studio Gate, mm-hmm. um, who did Shadows of Esterin, and just came out with Fate Forge. Okay. And uh, just talking with him, he was like, "Yeah, we we play a lot of Call of Cthulhu, mm-hmm. and we're running through masks." And I'm like, "I'm really jealous because <laughs> that's it's one of those like, one when you get outside of the D and D trope, like classic dungeons. Mm-hmm. That's like." I want to say one of the next ones that you encounter. It is. It's also an excellent um, con game because it, it, it plays well as a one shot because you're the whole game set up to where like, well, I maybe don't get so attached to this this character. They might, so people play more daringly, right? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and aren't Cold. disappointed if their character goes insane or dies by the time this you know one shot ends. Mm. So it makes for good con play. Yeah, I played a good one last year. That was a lot of fun. I, I can definitely see that because, like, Call of Cthulhu is like, yeah, no, um, you might want to think, start, like, good job, you finished your first character. Right. Start thinking about your next character because um, we don't know when this one's mm-hmm. going how long this one's going to run. I think people accept uh, pre, some, some people don't are like, I don't want to play pre gen characters, which mm-hmm. which make a con game you know, more feasible Easy. because you can just pass them out and start playing instead of going through the creation mm-hmm. process, which could take a whole uh, se- uh, session. But yeah. I think, you know, because. Kalkthu doesn't have any wacky powers or this or that. It's, you know, you're playing relatively mundane guys. So if you get this mundane person versus that mundane person, you're not necessarily all bummed out. You're like, ah, I'll play that. This guy was a soldier, so he knows firearms. This person's a librarian. He knows books. (laughs) And it's easy to get into in that way because it's not like, what does this power do? It's just like, oh, I know I can lift a gun and shoot it. And if if someone needs to tell me the specifics on that, but otherwise, exactly. yeah, I really like um, a lot of companies. I actually picked up the uh, Cyberpunk Red Jumpstart okay. box. I've been um, seeing the Cyberpunk stuff all over. Yeah, I've, I've never played that. I've been curious. It's it's that's gorgeous. What got, that's what got me into uh, tabletop games. So oh, to see excellent. all this coming out, I'm I'm pretty excellent. hyped about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what 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 are our tabletop origin stories? Oh, uh, so for you're me, cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. yeah, you're oh, cyberpunk. Yeah. I'm actually AD&D. AD&D, um, okay. Slash riffs, like okay. I, I've been playing long enough where I'm like I'm not 100 percent sure which right which came, came first, first, but they were very yeah, close yeah. to each other. Um, like how old were you? 14. 14? Okay. No, 15. I think 15? it was around 15. Okay. How old are you with cyberpunk? 22. 22. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yourself, Josh? I I gradually came into it because even though. I came of age a little after it was uh, fashionable to have the satanic panic on. Uh, my grandmother was still at that point. Like, <laughs> right. This is the, you know. We all had that one family so, member who was yeah. like, oh, no. Yeah, and there's a whole, you know, kind of extended family and this and that, but particularly my grandmother. But um, so I got into it slowly, and our gateway was uh, uh, Hero Quest, the board game from the, Oh, yeah. I say late yeah. 80s? Yeah. You can, you, I recently watched the, the old commercial for it on YouTube, and that's why the <laughs> internet exists, so, so I can... <laughs> It, it, it's one of those weird hail gra- uh, mm-hmm. grail games now where yeah. like 
people I, I are wish very, I still I wish I still had the bits. I found a copy. <gasps> yeah. uh, I played I played it recently on Tabletop Simulator right. on uh, uh some they made someone put it up and, mm-hmm. and, oh, yeah. and it and it's pr- pretty close like I think the pieces of the, like the cards and stuff are all there. I think the only thing is the pieces were approximate pieces. Right. But pretty damn close and it yeah. It, it gets so, you, it gets you what you wanted. So we played that. We okay. loved that and that it's pure it's really a board game although it has a slight function where um sort of campaign function like on the part of the box it shows you like prices for weapons so like going forward mm. you know, right the next dungeon you have this so there isn't necessarily a whole lot of role playing although you know kids can be imaginative and that can happen so the next step from that was dragon strike tsr's board game which i Wait. recently heard the history of that one that was of errors. vhs one right? that was a vhs one that was uh that ah. was back in the uh vhs tapes and uh board games days yeah the VHS, i had a couple of those yeah VHS tape is uh, uh, almost uh, 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 cringy, awkwardly bad, but I think it gives a character. Like I, I, yeah. I think it's awesome. I watch it once a year about, and you can watch it on YouTube, the Dragon Strike video. Um, that was like Hero Quest, but it had a few more choices. You had like you could roll, you could roll, uh, you could make up actions. Like I want to do this, and the, and the person running would be like, oh, I'll roll a strength feat. And you could do that. So you get mm-hmm. a little bit more. And from there, basic D&D. Uh, uh, I saved up money. We got my dad to drive us to Toys R Us. I bought the, I think it was a black box at the time was the basic D&D oh. from, the, from like 92, 93 maybe. Um, my dad saw what we had and he was just like, oh, your grandmother's going to be so pissed. <laughs> and from there we went and we went from there. Um, and my grandmother did eventually, I, I'm, someone ratted me out, uh, uh, <laughs> sit me down for the Dungeons and Dragons talk about oh how it was the, the devil and this and that. And luckily, I, I didn't listen. And <laughs> what's really funny is, like, we just, the three of us have just enough age disparity, uh, disparity between each other that that was a thing for you. I never got right, that right, because right. my parents were. Like oh sure that's what you want to do go for it right yeah my parents weren't even like that concerned I think and I don't even think my grandmother pressure. knew what, what I was doing right right and she lived with us oh <laughs> 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 uh, as you know she knew what we were doing and like we would be in the basement playing D and D and she would cook for us and bring us snacks like mm-hmm. it was I think we got spoiled to be yeah. perfectly honest yeah I think so I you know I got the talk <laughs> you got the talk Bas- I got catering. Basic D&D led into D&D Second Ed, which led into Shadowrun, which led into World of Darkness and Call of Cthulhu mm. and, and then everything. Uh, I got a, a really funny story about uh, Vampire Masquerade about that. Mm-hmm. I actually had, uh, I met specific friends because I was in like high school science class with Vampires and Ma- the Masquerade because I saw it and like, oh, that's really cool because uh, my mom was big on Anne Rice, so I mm-hmm. kind of influentially got right, right. sucked into Vampires Are Cool. Um, and I still think they are. No mm-hmm. lies there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was reading, and like the kid behind me is like, who was an Anne Rice fan? He's like, oh, what's that? So we got to talking, and then we got to playing, and then, yep, yeah, now we'll play World Darkness. Now, and yeah. I have mm. very, very fond memories of early Masquerade stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, was more on Masquerade, not so much on Werewolf or a Mage. Yeah, I played a little bit of it, but I think the only mage I've actually played was at a LARP. I played a one-time mage at a LARP. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I actually played a session. I have some of the books. I read it. I've got the books. Yeah, but uh, a bunch I did play them. some Awakening when they uh, did the New World right, of Darkness right. reset. Mm-hmm. I did play some of that. Now the Chronicles of Darkness. Right. I'm. 
I'm still trying to figure out what things right. are. Right, right. They've so yeah. So the the world of darkness. They they ended with a sort of Armageddonish thing in the uh, early 2000s, I think. Yeah, it was. Uh, let me think. Where was I? Because I was working in a game shop at that point. That was right around like 2002 or f- between 2002 and 2004. I want to say. Okay. Because I was like just out of high school, still kind of college. Um, and yeah, they they ended the like all the books were like the end of the world's coming, the end mm. of the world's coming, mm. and the end of the world's coming, and also time like, of judgment. And then it was like, yeah, we're just going to end the world, and everyone's like, what? What? <laughs> and then they 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 made the new world of darkness, which was kind of a re. Similar, similar reboot things. got rid of a lot of the meta plot and, yeah. and just kind of made their own new plots but with some similarities um but the old world of darkness is is coming back it, with new additions so so that so to to try and, and curb the confusion uh, uh it's not that they were the, those others are rebranded as chronicles of darkness all of which are reaching their second editions uh right. slowly but surely and i really like the second editions i'm biased i wrote on the vampire the requiem second edition but i really like that because the developer rose bailey had a really cool specific vision and it was different it was more different than masquerade by second edition they were like we don't have to make this so close to that right so there's a bit more distance so that's actually one of the things that turned me off on requiem when it mm-hmm. first came out was too close too many recycled names right. that were either pretty much what you thought they were or mm-hmm. not what they were at all and right. then now you're really confused about what right. what's what right now some of those names are still there but they've they, they took things and they, they made it different now it's interesting with fifth edition vampire vampire the requiem second edition kind of became like a testing ground for some systems i think Mm -hmm. because vampire uh the masquerade fifth edition which came out recently borrows some of those mechanics yes and it makes an i i think a nice mix uh of 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 those mechanics yeah we played uh we played that last year at yeah and that was Mm -hmm. a blast that was a lot of light i came away just loving some of the fresher Mm -hmm. mechanics Mm -hmm. yeah I was bummed because you you went down there with us, but unfortunately we just oh, got right. like separated long right. enough for them to sit someone else right. down now, with us. Now, luckily, I had played earlier, so I played the the, the yeah you the yeah. played same, it the same adventure, not the same session, but mm-hmm. and yeah. So then then of course we it. compared notes afterwards and went right. What'd you guys do here? Right. Like oh yeah, yeah. That, that's how we handled that. Everyone did yeah, and yeah yeah seeing those systems because um, it takes it it, uh, it 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 um I guess the 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 kind of the newer um, um, game developer uh, strategy of having not just systems that work, but systems that are specific to the mood or, or whatever, you're, the right. themes that you're invoking. Um, so there's like a hunger system where before you might just role play that you're hungry. This, it's right. ever present in the dice and it's really reminding you that at all times, that even, even you, when you're pretty well fed, there's, there's, there's always a chance there. yeah. that you'll it, the snap. You'll, and it made some scenes really dynamic because it could go south really quick with, mm-hmm. uh, with a vampire getting upset and um, going berserk. I've seen it done a couple different ways. One of the, uh, one of the systems, uh, have you played the Genesis system from Fantasy Flight or, or the uh, Fantasy Flight Star Wars edition? I, have, I haven't. Okay, so... I've heard of it. They have a fun. really cool dice system in there where, like, you get positive dice for your attributes, your skills, or whatever you're trying to do, mm-hmm. and then the GM will give you other dice that you roll all in one giant pool. Okay. The bad dice or challenge dice will cancel out successes on your Ooh. good dice. And you kind of like, you throw it all down, then you kind of like divide and conquer, like, okay, this cancels that, that, and then what, what do you have left? And mm. that's what gets narrated as your, did you succeed? Did you not succeed? Mm-hmm. And then also to the next level, 
did you get an advantage or kind of disadvantage from mm-hmm. it? Because you can succeed, but mm-hmm. then right succeed at a cost. like you're trying. Uh, I think I used the example you're trying to like hack open a door. You can succeed at a door, but then maybe trip security alarms that you didn't know were there, oh, okay. or like right. It made a lot of noise, so, storm tro- so stormtroopers are now alerted. Like, right. what the heck's and going on? It's right. like a, a DM or GM. It makes you. It makes it being very somatic, like almost mm-hmm. second nature, because it tells you like. No, right. they did good, mm-hmm. but they did bad good, if you know what I mean. Right. So you're like, okay. That's going to come back. Yeah, so. Okay, they, that's they, cool. They that, piloted that with the Star Wars mm-hmm. franchise, and then they made the Genesis system, which is a very generic, open, like, okay. what do you want to play? That's fantasy cool. world, mm-hmm. sci fi. Which is a little it. like that hunger system that they've added in yeah. uh, fifth edition, where the hungrier you get, the more of these red dice you roll, because those are your hunger dice. Right, you, your you dice start swapping your, out. Your dice pool is just as big, but you have a much easier chance of if those red dice, like I believe if they crit or whatever, you get a success, but it's a messy success. Like, uh, I intimidated <laughs> yeah, that guy, but I ripped them. his, you know, half his face off. Yeah, I punched him, and then his skull caved in. Yeah. I, I scaled I scaled the wall, but I, I it looked like a lizard ran up that wall and someone right. saw me. And, you know, whatever. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm liking a lot of the new yeah I inno- inno- innovations that are coming out. Because um, mm. I like what they did with the meta plot. Actually, I don't mm. always like meta plot developments. I feel like there's a meta plot that's there, but it's in the background and it's easily forgotten. Yeah, because the game is very it's it goes back to street level. Right, much more like first or second edition, um, Not the with this haunting politics. stuff in the background. Yeah, um, yeah. the The meta plot part for like fifth edition vampire, I would say, they needed to do something if they wanted to set it in the modern world to right. to like. Yes, it's the same world of darkness. Yes, it's still the masquerade, but it's been twenty years. Mm-hmm. We got to kind of catch up. Right. What. In, in Modern the, technologies right. impacted what... So the end of the world didn't happen, although some of that kind of... Like, Gehenna is what it's called in the vampire mythology, but is, there's maybe there was a sort of soft Gehenna, and they, they, they go into interesting ideas of, like... Stuff happened. Yeah, cycles of ends mm. and things happening and things like that. And actually, a really good handoff book, and I'm, mm-hmm. again, I'm biased because I wrote a chapter. In it, I'm sure you... Is the, uh, is the um, uh, Beckett's Jihad Diary, which was originally right. when it was started was a, uh, a V20. That was the Vampire 20th edition, which was not a new edition, or not a new edition in the sense that it overhauled rules. It just cleaned up some rules, and it was omnibus edition. It just threw everything in there, and but didn't change because t- it was a kind of an, a mm-hmm. nostalgia uh, edition, um, but uh, but updating it a little bit for the the modern world. Updating, rebalancing a couple yeah, things, rebalancing here, a few things, and putting everything in the book so you could you have yeah, all. These I love the twenty editions. Yeah, and. Um, uh, Beckett's Jihad Diary was written, started as a book for that, and then fifth edition happened in the middle of that development. So they they took a new direction. They're like this is this make this book the sort of um, meta plot handoff. So, right, the bridge. Yeah, and there's idea. interesting ways that they bridge some of the stuff. You see hints of the things that are going to start happening in in V five in Beckett's Jihad Diary, um, and it's a big. It's a big, pretty book. I was going to say, yeah, the physical book is very the, pretty. Yeah, the, uh, the the prestige, like, leather edition one, which is expensive, heavy book. Although, I believe we're, Onyx Path doesn't have a booth this year, but they have their their their, their distributing partners. I think it's some mm-hmm. Indie Something Press. Um, yeah. One of those has a bunch of those prestige editions, including um, uh, Dark Ages 20th, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Beckett's Jihad Diary, and a few others for 50% off, I believe, right now. Oh, wow. Comment. So, <laughs> so what you're saying is I'm going to find you, Josh, tomorrow, and you're going to show me where that is, yeah, and yeah. I'm going to make some poor life decisions. Yep, yep. 
I don't know if it's a poor life decision. It's life decisions. It's a book you could murder someone with if you had to. Well, that just I sounds like home defense. So yeah. I'm pretty sure oh, yeah. your I'm wife will understand. I'm investing in my family's yeah. safety. Yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. how I'm going to sell this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Uh, any so tomorrow's plan, you uh, Ricky, you've got the blob. I'm really just going to be wandering around. Blob, and then we're hoping to hit the Lucas Oil Stadium. Yes, we got the game pass to go to the game library in Lucas Oil Stadium Ooh. and play games on the field. Which Ooh. oh, I, that's a thing. That's cool. Yeah, like the that's a cool use they, of the field. They, they cover up the field and they literally like roll it. the library out on it, and you just go out there and they tables everywhere and you check awesome. out a game. Yeah, um, that's that's awesome. Playing the game on a field, you mm, feel right. all. I kind of want to see athletic. if I can find like a game like Techno Bowl or something. Like yeah, that. play yeah, like yeah. a like a. a <laughs> we should find some sort of like football RPG. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, Blood Bowl. We can at least play, you know, try to oh, figure yeah, out. There you know, oh, Blood there we go. That would be the ultimate place. That to would play be Blood amazing. Bowl. Right. So um, wow. that that I think that's going to be on our record. Um, I know our buddy Tony was talking about trying to find the, uh, and and get a session in on the BattleTech pods because that's always fun. Mm-hmm. Jump in and, and oh, into a yeah, pod yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. control a seventy-ton mech. Nice, um, Josh. What do you got? Possibly going to tr- do true dungeon for the first time tomorrow night. Okay, if uh, I got some if, people if that might have some extra up. tickets. Yeah, I've not heard back yet, but um, I might be doing that. I'm going cool. to a. Um, uh, uh, a live play uh, that um, a fellow person who's going to be writing on the Scarred Lands. I, I got to meet some lovely people that, that way uh, the last few nights, and nice. she's going to be DMing a game um, at 3 p.m. I don't remember what the event was called. Okay. But it's a D&D. Celeste is the name of the person. Um, but I'm going to be going to see that. Uh, I'm having a meeting with... Uh, uh, um, one of the people in charge over at uh, Drive Through Fiction, Drive Through RPG, oh, yes. and uh, also connected to Onyx Path about um, about something. He said he said we should talk shop about something. So I'm going to talk <laughs> more to come. Like yes. your your um, I don't know. This has always been kind of exciting because like it, not necessarily like writing your coattails, but just seeing your involvement in the community and your involvement in these different projects and kind of see. Where it came from and where it's going, right? And right. like the detours the weird, you've taken along the way, yeah. The weird, yeah, the weird windy route. Well, that's what happens when you're a freelance writer. Yeah, yeah. As long as they like clothe you and bathe you and maybe put a, a, a cookie out for you. I hope. I hope so. Um, you'll be <laughs> feed me. Feed, feed me. <laughs> feed me, publishers. <laughs> feed me. Feed me, um, publishers. Also, please pay me because uh, bills don't get. <laughs> Bills don't get cleared with uh, goodwill. <laughs> yeah. Do not pay me an exposure. Exposure <laughs> bucks. Find you. I was going to say, yeah, you, you had sent out the, the image of uh, oh, right. uh, your freelance, freelance, free, freelancer, freelancer died, of, of exposure died of exposure in a, in a very um, <laughs> Oregon Trail-esque yep. mm-hmm. image. It happens. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Also playing, uh, possibly, again, this is another thing I'd hear back on if the spot's open, mm-hmm. uh, Call Cthulhu on Sunday with um, uh, 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 James Lauder, who uh, he's the okay. he's in charge of the fiction line over at Chaosium these days. He's the guy that was my editor on my first uh, novel uh, that kind of got me started game writing with uh, White Wolf slash Onyx Path. Um, right. Um, strangeness in the proportion. I was going to say, yeah, please plug, because... Now, now available on Amazon on Kindle Ooh. and uh, Barnes and Noble on what the Nook. I, I was blanking yes, on the device. The Nook. I, I, I was I ironically I worked at a uh, Barnes and Noble when Nook launched. 
it was interesting and, and interesting. And uh, I know there was a lot of fear of like, oh no, e readers are going to make print dead. Fear. Oh, I'm yeah, like, I remember. No, 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 no. People are. It's just a new option. Mm-hmm. I had to warm up to it because I like I like books. I you know geek out right. over leather bound books with bookmarks and, and right to, and to get to smell mass of pages all all that romanticism of a book and I still have it. But having moved uh, overseas and back and forth, yeah, moving but, a library of books is not. Oh my god, easy that's when cheap. I learned to love uh, uh, yeah elect- <laughs> an ebook Digital. because uh, I still. In, in, in that way, I don't. It's not every novel that I'm just going to quickly read or whatever. Do mm-hmm. I need to have a physical book now? It's like that that particular book. I want a nice copy of. Right. You can kind of select mm-hmm. and cultivate your uh, physical library mm-hmm. a little bit nicer. Mm. Um, I'm I have terrible ADD when it comes to having stuff on an e-reader, and I'll load like thirty books on there, and I'll get nowhere. <laughs> get a page <laughs> each, like a day. Right. And, be so very confused what the hobbits are doing on the Death Star. Um. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. Um, honestly, I was very much like I didn't like digital books. I like mm-hmm. tabletop RPGs. Like, no, I don't want a digital book by me. And then the Control F feature yeah, no, came on to me, and I'm like, oh, I need to learn about grappling. Control F grapple. Right. That I, is handy. Though I kind of have, I do kind of have one of those memories of like, I know where that is in the book and flip, 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 certain, I'm there. Certain books I do, yeah. And like, I got like, really good at, very, if I was at a regular in a system, I would definitely I've gotten that have way that. with fi- uh, Fifth, Fifth Ed D&D, the, the yes. player's handbook. <laughs> I could pretty much go. And though I run games, I'm still lost in most of the DMG in that. But yeah, well, it's it's made kind of that way, and I think the creators would call it like the, like a, a grandmother's, an old grandmother's like uh, meandering tale, or no, uh, like attic of stuff. Oh. <laughs> You'll pull out this drawer and find there's lots of awesome stuff, and he's like, but is it, it is like a treasure box, of right? Exactly, because they remind people because they'll often get asked, hey, could you guys make rules for this? And like it exists in the DMG on this page where you wouldn't think to find it because <laughs> we just kind of put it there because right. that's where it was. Yeah, I always second guess. Like I, I'm like I must be in the right place. No, no. And then 15 minutes later, you're still staring yeah. at me, Justin, as if I'm mm-hmm. committed some sort of sin. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Then you're googling to find something in a book that you're holding in your hand. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't feel good. So um, that's Gen Con Friday, day two. Day two. We got Saturday and Sunday left to go. A um, lot of fun stuff still left to had. Um, so. Let's have a good con, and we'll be recording again tomorrow with Ricky and Tony's blob experience. Yes. Yes, sir. So, until next time, enjoy, and and thanks for coming out, Josh. Yeah. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. So, talk to you tomorrow. You've been listening to Tabletop Arcanum, hosted by Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, and featuring the original music by Paul Moore and Isaac Gilbert. You can follow us on most social media platforms. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks for listening.